0: Well guys we are so glad that you are with us today and uh, we start a new series today that I am extremely excited about. It is a series called What Matters Most and we're going to be really digging in and discovering what matters most. We're going to spend time talking about things like eternity which is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about uh, about what you know matters most or what you think matters most. And then we're going to try and rearrange those. We're going to talk about our spiritual life. We're going to talk about relationships. So there's a lot of different things that we're going to be talking about. But the Bible has much to say on all of these topics. And the truth of the matter is is that when we will spend most of our time and energy focusing on what matters most to us to us so if you want to know what matters most to you look at where your time is spent look at where your talent is spent and look at where your treasure is spent and then you'll know what really matters most and so so as we look at this we find uh, ourselves in 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 a great challenge and um and and as we as we think about this as we think about what matters most, sometimes what we think matters most isn't what matters most. Now, I don't know about you, but I I like going on vacation. I enjoy going away. It's always nice to go away, right? It's great. It's nice to go away, but there's one thing that bothers me about that is that when you're going to stay for a week, you know how you, unpay? Yes, somebody said coming home. Uh, Sometimes, Mick, sometimes. Um, But, what happens is is I I don't like to put my clothes in those drawers because I don't know whose drawers have been in those drawers. You know what I'm saying? I'm a germaphobe. I don't know whose drawers have been in them drawers, so I'm going to keep my drawers. You know, I'm just being real. Can we be real? All right. So, so because you know you're only here for a while, I don't mind to unpack because it's only temporary. I'm only there for a short time, and I really can't find myself settling into that place because it's not home. And, uh, and, I, and, and so I enjoy going out and exploring, but I don't want to get too comfortable in that place because I'm only there for a short, short visit. And so, so, so when we think about that, knowing your, temp, your, your temporary home is there, knowing that, knowing that you're only there for a short time, you don't settle in. And you and I, we, we, we've got to think about the fact that we're only passing through on this earth. Now, it's hard for us because all we see is right now. That's all we see is right now. We see how quick life goes. And, and as you get older, you find out it, gets, it goes faster than you think. Right? So you start to look at that. You start to understand and you realize that we're only passing through. And just like that hotel room, we don't unpack everything here because the truth of the matter is we're supposed to be sending, sending our treasures to our eternal home. And, and many of us, we find, a, we find it hard to find our place in this world, and I'm okay with that. I hope you find it hard to find your place in this world because we weren't made for this world. We're made for heaven. And so it's important for us to understand we're only passing through. So let's not unpack everything here. Let's make sure we save something for our eternal home. And uh, there was a song written a number of years ago, and it actually topped the charts. It was a a song called Temporary Home. And I thought maybe you might enjoy hearing that today, and then we're going to come back. And really talk about what matters most when it comes to eternity. Carrie Underwood's going to sing Temporary Home.
1: Little boy six years old. A little too used to being alone. the new Looking for a job looking for a way out cuz a have- This is my temporary home It's not where I belong Windows and rooms That I'm passing through This was just a stop
0: sometimes God gives us a chance to have those moments. And uh, I had one of those moments this weekend when I uh, got the call yesterday for our Wednesday night brothers. Ani um, is in hospice and he's on his way home and uh, he called and said he wants to be baptized. And so <laughs> got to the hospital yesterday and Got to share a sacred moment with him, and I'm going to swing by there today and drop off a baptism certificate to him. But uh, he smiles, and while he can't talk right now, he uh, he knows where he's going to spend eternity, and so how, we'll treasure every moment we have with him until this time, but uh, until we see his face once again and get to hear his voice again. Many of us who have studied with him for the past ten years know how precious he is and uh, so but he understands what a temporary home is and that's really what this whole thing about guys it says it's there's three scenarios you understand it's just windows and rooms to where we're just passing through and I want us to understand what the first fill-in today the first fill-in is simple heaven not earth is our home heaven not earth is our home? You can see all these people are still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things they promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. <clears throat> Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. That's what Hebrews says. And I hope today that you'll recognize that opportunity and you'll recognize that our present life on earth is just a dot. It's just a small dot. Just a a short, short lifespan. And uh, Dave, Dave, come help me. Dave uh, Smith, come help me. Can you hold that end, Dave? I know, bro. That's good. (laughs) What I have is I have an extension cord. (laughs) Just hold that end tight, Dave. That's all you got to do. If you do that, we're going to be good, all right? This extension cord, I need us all to imagine something. It's a perfect uh, name for it. It's an extension cord. And this extension cord is going to represent eternity. It's going to represent all of eternity. Notice it's rolled up. I want you to imagine it goes on and on and on. For us football fans, you know that the pylon extends around the world, right? And so as we look at this, this is going to represent eternity. And what I have is I have a little silver pen here. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to find a spot on here. And I'm going to make just a tiny dot right there. And this tiny dot is going to represent your life and my life in light of eternity. We look at this and we see all of this. We see, we see life, but so many of us don't see what was before. And so many of us don't see what was after. And so what we do is we spend all of our life. The truth of the matter is it would probably be hard to find this one dot if it was going beyond where Dave is and continued on. But so many of us, we bet all of our money, all of our time, all of our talent, everything on this little tiny space. And, and, and so what we do is we, we say, I'm going to make myself as comfortable as I possibly can on this dot. And, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save because this little tiny sliver of this dot, that right there is what I'm living for, retirement right? I'm just being honest, right? I'm going to save this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then that little spot, never, ever taking into account that all of this is still taking place. And so what happens is, is we make all of our decisions based upon this little dot. We decide what we're going to do with our life. We decide what's worthy of our life on this little dot, not ever taking into account that the Bible says that what happens in this dot determines the rest of this. And so maybe you have 20, maybe you have 40, maybe you have 60, maybe you have 80, maybe you have 100 years, but then what's after that? But our focus is right here. We can't see beyond it. We can't see anything but this little teeny spot. And so everything, so then others judge us, others judge us, they see your faith, and they say, man, you're stupid, you only get this, and they say, that's all you get, the decisions that you're making right now, that's stupid, well, I say, oh, no, 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 you're the stupid one, because the truth of the matter is, is I don't just have this, I have all of this. And I happen to know that what happens here matters here. So it it makes my it challenges me to live, think differently. So you and I have got to consider eternity this morning. Thank you, Dave. Everybody, give Dave a hand. That's it. So you and I have got to consider eternity because. I thought I might tell you this. You only get one dot. You don't get to pick another dot. You only get one. And the harsh reality is, is that one dot is going to determine the rest of your eternity. And heaven, not earth, is our eternal home. Or heaven, not earth. Or hell, not earth. If you don't want God in this dot, you don't want him here. You tell God to get out of your dot, well, he's going to get out of your eternity. So you have to decide what's important. You have to decide what matters. You see, the way you're living, see, think about this, think about this. Okay, all the stuff that we treasure the most, right? Anybody, you get a new car? You drive that thing like you're afraid somebody's going to touch it, right? Don't even look at my car. Right? You park like in the parking lot way in the back where there's no cars around it. You put cones around it and everything, right? About a year later, you're driving that thing, you know, hand out the window, pulling up as close as you can, hoping somebody hits it right and now because your stuff it rusts it turns as soon as you drive your car off the lot it depreciated you and you couldn't sell it back to them for what you're going to pay but yet we find it there right think about it how we treat it well that's the same way we treat our lives what matters most what matters most you see the most important thing that you have is your life the most important thing that you have is your life And the truth of the matter is the thing that you want to give to God above all things is your life. He's not interested in your stuff. He wants your life because when he has your life, he has all your stuff. But he could care less about your stuff. The good news is when he has your life, you have all his stuff. And my God owns the cattle on a thousand hilltops. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. God provides. And so what I want you to see today is giving is living for the line. Giving is living for the line. Hold your wallets. Don't nobody start crying. Ain't nobody trying to get in your wallet today. That's between you and Jesus. Right? Right away. Oh, God, my wallet. I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. Give me a break. You know that ain't me. Might be other people that you know. I mean, that's between them and God, too. But the truth of the matter is giving is living for the line giving your life to God giving your heart to Jesus giving your everything Whoever wants to gain his life will lose it But whoever loses his life for my sake will then gain eternal life So when God has you he has everything and you think differently all of a sudden you don't want people to go to hell So what do you do you give your time your talent your treasure you give your all to make sure you give your story to make sure Because here's the truth. We're all going to run out of time. The Bible says it's appointed that every person will die and then be judged. So we're all going to run out of time. The truth of the matter is your talent only lasts for so long. And many of your talents diminish as time goes on. When someone was trying to steal the battery out of the truck, one of my talents used to be I was speedy. Uh, I tried to run and realized, man... The heart is willing, but the body's weak. I was running, but it wasn't going nowhere. I look like Fred Flintstone. I'm all... In my heart, I'm like... But I'm on... He could have outrun me with the battery, but he put it down. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Because I had no chance of catching him. I called my wife. I was sad. I was like, baby... I ain't got it no more. (laughs) She's mad. She's like, what are you doing chasing people anyway? It's just a battery. I was like, I was trying to get him. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is it diminishes. It happens. Things start to run out. You never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? But you do see the family fighting over what you got. Right? Isn't that true? Family will hate each other over what got left, you know? Uh, This one ain't being recorded so I can say it because the next one will. My older sister was like, well, mom goes, I get everything. I was like, keep it, girl. I ain't trying to have a garage sale with all mom's antiques. You know what I'm saying? She changed her mind. She's like, no, I'm going to cut you. I said, oh, no, don't cut me in. Cut me out. I don't want nothing to do with it change her tune quick I won't say that in a second because then if she's listening then she'll "Eh, eh, eh," you know you know what I'm talking about I'm talking about my older sister by the way not my little sister my both my little sister and I were like yes you know but we can't keep our earthly treasures the truth of the matter is we are to get some enjoyment does God want you to get enjoyment out of things absolutely God wants to bless you but he wants to bless you to be a blessing there's nothing wrong with having things as long as the things don't have you. There's nothing wrong. You can have those things. You can enjoy them. You can actually bless others with those things. But it's when you hoard everything. You see, you have to understand in order to have eternal treasure, you have to give it away. And you can't give it away with the wrong motive. See, that's what kills me about pastors who talk about tithing and giving. They they teach you to tithe and give to be greedy. Well, if you don't give, if you give, God's going to give you 100% more. God's going to give you this. And God's going to, so people start learning to give to get. That's wrong. If you don't give, God won't bless you. That's foolishness. Foolishness. You are blessed because the sun rose. You're sucking God's air. And you got shoes on your feet and clothes on your back. You're blessed. Now, here's the struggle. If you don't give, you don't know what it feels like to give. And if you don't give, you don't know know what it feels like to be a part of God's kingdom. And you don't know what it feels like to live in the imago day, the image of God, when you give and it's a sacrifice. See, that's the difference. That's what I don't want you to miss. You ain't ever going to hear me say, God ain't going to bless you. God has already blessed you in Christ Jesus. But they don't want you to know that. They say, hey, don't teach that, Mike, because you're going to mess up my thing. I'm trying to put guilt on people to tithe. Jesus said, yeah, you should tithe, but don't forget the important things like justice and mercy and forgiveness. Jesus said those things are important. Giving is absolutely important. But he said, if you forget all the other things, what good is it? You measure your your spices down to them, but you mistreat your mother and father? He said, what are you talking about? You've missed something. There was a a man named Oscar Schindler. And Schindler he undergoes a huge transformation in his life during World War II. At the beginning, you see him, he was bad. He was he was making a fortune by forcing defenseless Jews into slave labor. To, to, to work in the war supply factories. But somewhere along the line, he began to see them as God sees them as human. He saw their hopeless situation, and he begins to buy them back with his own possessions. He sells his possessions, and they'll say, I'll give you, if I give you this gold ring, how many? I'll give you two Jews. And, and he starts buying people back. The Nazis don't know because they're on the take. So he keeps saving a few at a time. He does everything he can to save. And, he, and when he spent most of his wealth, all those workers were released or they would have been otherwise killed. Now he's a fugitive and he's facing a struggle and he finds himself in these last moments just before the end of the war. I'm going to have you watch this little section of Schindler's List.
1: It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> If I just There will be generations Because of what you did I didn't do enough You did so much This car I'm Good what bought this car Why did I keep the car? Ten people right there Ten people, ten more people, this pin, two people. This is gold, two more people, you would have given me two for it, at least one, you would have given me one, one more, one more person. was for this i could have gone one more person and i didn't i i, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> It says whoever saves one life saves the world entire.
0: give a hand. He said. I, I, could, I could have got more. I could have got more. When I think about the possessions that we own, the question is, do they own us? You see, it's time for us to, be giving, to begin living for the line and not for the dot. You see, I always have a saying, look, it's hard to even find it on here. I'm looking for it. And as you look there, there it is. Even in that short, it's easy to get lost, isn't it? When you think about your life, and we talk about how we, make, we want to make it hard to go to hell in St. Petersburg, it requires our sacrifice, our time, our talent, our treasure. It requires our whole life. If you're not leveraging your life for Jesus Christ, I don't want that to be us at the end. We could have done more. When we stand before God, I hope that we can say, I did everything I could, God. I gave everything I could. I did everything I possibly could. You don't want to be there at that last moment going, I could have done, I could have seen one more. Surely one more. I could have rescued one more from the gates of hell. I could have rescued one more from the streets of St. Pete. Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was my reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless. Everybody say meaningless. Meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. And I ask myself this question just as much as I ask you. How do we keep getting fooled? The answer is simple. Our hearts yearn for treasure here and now. We hear the words, I deserve all the time. I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. I've served God all week. I deserve a night off. I deserve this pleasure. I deserve this, whatever it is. The symbols of our success. We look up to people. We look up to rap stars and rock stars. Just be honest, it's true. Look up to the. You know why you love those shows about their cars and their houses? You know what I'm saying? We look up to politicians. We look up to Wall Street. We look up to, to, to people who said they came up from the, the bottom and now they're here. Right? Started from the bottom, now I'm here. Right? Then what's going to happen? You back at the bottom. But we're tempted by our own imagination. It's the the perspective. We don't think about the long term. We don't think about eternity. We don't think about the line. We don't think about this. All we see is this little dot, and all we have is this selfishness that keeps us from making a difference. I can't serve an hour on Sunday morning to teach children. Because then I have to go to church too. What, they want three hours of my life? You get 168 hours a week, 16.8 should be God's. Right? I ain't got time for this and that, but I got time for everything else. The images are so real, and the catch 22 is it's a temporal possession versus eternal wealth, but we can't get past it. And we have a very unique view here at City on a Hill. We say you don't have to, you what? Yes. You get to. You get to. You have. You don't have to do anything. You get to. Whatever time you give, whatever talent you give, whatever treasure you give to Christ is immediately touched by immortality. If materialism is a disease, there's only one cure and the antidote is to give. And the first thing you have to give is your life to Christ. It's not so much about your wallet. There are plenty of people sitting in church that write tie checks every week that don't know Jesus. But they think they're going to get a ticket to heaven because of the check they write. There are pastors who coddle them because of the zeros they write at the end of the check. And so they get invitations to private meetings in the pastor's home and they buy the pastor the cruise and all the other things that go with it and the pastor gets to sit up with them and get to act like the pastor knows something that they don't know. And the pastor just mwah, 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 mwah. You know what I'm talking about? They come to Koa and realize they ain't no mama 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 here. They realize the only person that gets the love and adoration is Jesus, and they don't usually stay long because they realize they don't get your ear. Giving is the antidote to materialism. The, the, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, "Command." Timothy was a pastor, he said, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. I've heard it said, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Given doesn't take away from me. It's an investment in eternity. Giving breaks me from the trappings of these earthly riches. Giving allows me to change and giving my life to God. It means I give Him my everything. That means that the first place I want to leverage everything I have is for the cause of Jesus. It really comes down to a viewpoint. As Carrie Underwood saying, This is my temporary home, it's not where I belong. These are windows and rooms that I'm just passing through. This is just a stop on the way to where I'm going. I'm not afraid because I know this is my temporary home. The question is, are those words true in your heart? Today. A few moments you watched a few moments ago you watched a man named Schindler say, I could have done more. And as he looked around, there were hundreds of people that he saved. Hundreds of people that that he bought back. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus bought you back. And now you have an opportunity to go into those communities, into those worlds. You have a chance to make a difference. My brother Gunbodonski and his family board a plane on Tuesday. And they're going to be building a church in India. And you have a piece of what God's doing there. You see, not just in St. Petersburg, because we'll be at the parade and we were here and we were there. We're going to be in all those places. We did Halloween, not just to do Halloween. We did Halloween to reach people for Jesus. Everything we do has one goal, and that's eternal salvation for people. That's our heart. That's our passion. That's our goal. So the question for you is, what's your next step? This is the giving season. It's Thanksgiving. And you know what pastors will tell you? I'll tell you in my circles because y'all don't get to know that. You know what they tell you? At your Christmas Eve service, it's another chance to get all the money you can get. So have that offering because there's going to be people there. They're looking for a place to give. So don't miss giving. You know what? We don't even have an offering on Christmas Eve. We don't take an offering on Christmas Eve. We don't take an offering on Good Friday. We're here to give. We don't take. Oh, you're, you're leaving money on the table. And they'll, they'll tell you the same thing. You know what you have to do? The week after that, it's the last Sunday before the year. You need to tell people to get their gifts in. You're, you, Mike, you're leaving $20,000 on the table. That's what you're leaving minimum if you, don't, if you don't squeeze those people. If I have to squeeze you, we got problems. You ain't oranges. I'm just telling you the truth. This is what you hear. This is what you hear when you go to those conferences. This is what I hear all the time. You're a fool. You need this. You need that. If you did this, you would have this much more. But you ain't going to find that with us. Materialism doesn't matter. We have to shift our attention. Pastors are taught to look and see what they can extract from you instead of what we can add to you. Listen, if you're not being fed here, why in the world would you give here? But if you are, then we together, we are to give. We are to do all those things together as according to what God puts in our hearts. We can't keep this place open. I don't know if you noticed, but the light track fell down on Thursday. Thank God it happened on Thursday and not Sunday because it would have hit people. That track fell. This was a pre-existing situation. We're going to have to replace the ceiling. It's probably going to cost six grand at least to replace the whole ceiling. So Paul and I got up there and took the rest of these down so that they wouldn't crash. That's just reality. Reality. The first thing I think is, oh, man, oh, we got to come out of pocket for that. And I think, man, all the outreach we just did, we just spent, and I say, you know what, God, it's yours. It's yours. You're going to put a new ceiling up for us, God. You're going to do it. Because he ain't ever, I ain't never seen us. You asked the trustees and leaders, we ain't ever been forsaken. We ain't never been forsaken. I walked in on Thursday and I saw that down, and at first my heart sunken, and I said, All right, God, the first thing I want to do is thank you that you protected your people. I want to thank you that you protected your people. The second thing I want to do is, Lord, you got to speak to some people. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And this message was already planned. People are like, oh, that's why he preached that he needs a new ceiling. No. I want to make it hard to go to hell in St. Petersburg. I want to know when it's all said and done when I stand before my God that I don't say, God, I could have did a little bit more. I could have, done, I could have saved one more, two more, God. I could have done this. So We didn't just stay inside. We went out, God. We didn't just keep to ourselves, we, we supported missions in Italy and Belize and India and other parts of the world, Kenya and other places, A21 where people are getting set free. We didn't just keep it for ourselves, God, we sent it ahead. Amen. So the question for us is as we're growing in our faith, what time is it? What time is it for you? Is it time for you to give your whole heart to God? Is it time for you to give your whole life to Jesus? What's he saying to you? What's the first step? Is it something as simple as going out and getting a box so you know what it feels like to give? You don't have to do this. I'm not even going to have you bring them up this year. You take them yourself. That's why I want you to do it. I don't want you to do it so I get to see that you were a good uh, healer and you did it. Do it or don't. But I want you to know how it feels. I know how we feel. I know how my wife and I feel when we get to do this. We don't have to. We get to. Is it the Christmas blessing? Is it that you recognize how blessed you've been and you need that help? You want to help. You you desire so bad you can't stand it. You have to help somebody. And you don't need any credit for it. So you fill it out right here. And the only people that know are us and God maybe it's time for you to start joining that men's Bible study or that women's Bible study on Tuesday night and Wednesday night maybe it's time for you to start giving what belongs to God your time Maybe it's time for you to start serving in our ministries. All of our ministries run a little thin. We need our solid parking team. We need our guys out there on a regular basis. My man Stacy is leading the charge out there, but we need some other brothers and sisters to step up and lead the charge. It's few and far between teachers for our children's ministries, our preschool ministries. We need some people to step up. We're running on skeleton crew in in a full church where we can barely have a seat. Is it time? I don't know. I'm just asking you. This is, I'm asking you what matters most, man. That's all I'm asking. All I'm asking you is what matters most. People say, oh, Pastor Mike, you're only preaching it because it's your life. Yeah, it is my life. I've elected to give my life to this. And I don't care if we're ever 1,000 people or 10,000 people. I don't care about any of those numbers. I don't care if somebody says I wasn't successful because in the end our church never grew beyond 450 people. I could care less what you consider about me. What I care about is when I stand before my God in heaven, did I do everything within my power to, to worship Jesus and to turn people into disciples? Did I make a bunch of people mad that left my church to find a place they can get comfortable? Or did we change the world? I'm just asking you what matters most. Because it ain't easy. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. But God never promised us easy. Lord, you said we'd face troubles, pain, and fear. But to be of good cheer where you have overcome. Today's your day. The first thing you got to do is you got to jump in the plate. The first thing God wants is you above everything else. Above everything else, He wants you. When He has you, He has it all. And then He's going to test you. He's going to wink at you and find out what happens. Let's pray. Father, we love You. Thank You for this day. Thank You for the opportunity we have to be here and thank You for Your blessings. Lord, I've preached the best way I know how. Your word never comes back void, and I'm trusting you today. Lord, as I think about eternity, I think about everybody in this room. I think about the dots, and as I roll this line up, God, I think about that little tiny dot here and what matters most, and right now for people in this room, this moment right here, what they do with this segment of time is going to determine eternity, If you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I need Jesus more than my next heartbeat. More than my next breath, I need Jesus. If that's you, would just slip your hand up high in the air today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to, you can put your hands down. I want to talk to one other group of people. I want to talk to you. I'm going to find out if you're brave enough. I'm going to find out if you're ready to take that next step. If you're here today and you have been living for the dot and not living for the line. And today's the day that you decide the line matters more than the dot. If that's you today and you're saying, God, I'm all in, 100%, whatever you need, time, talent, treasure, I'm yours, God. Everything I have, everything I am. If that's you, slip your hand up high. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. If you ain't been there, now it's time. Now it's time. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. We're just simply going to say, first, Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. And Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything I am and everything I ever will be. My hope is in you and my trust is in you. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I ask you, God, to do more in me than I could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. And I promise to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise that's due your name. It's in Christ's name I pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because he's an amazing God?